Okay, so let's start off with award predictions this year. Uh, this year's been kind of rough, but I still think there are going to be some great players who get awards. So. Yeah, this this season's been uh, very weird uh, for sure. Uh, but I, I think uh, some of these awards are kind of obvious and some you kind of have to think about. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll we'll see it along the way. Uh, starting with MVP, um, my first my first player is uh, Jokic. I think. I think he's actually pretty underrated uh, this season, which is which is a really bizarre thing to say because he was MVP last year. But I think just because of the uh, attention that Korean KD has got, his name has kind of been left out. Yeah. But, but with but let's face it, if you were to replace Jokic with any other NBA player, uh, the Nuggets wouldn't have the same um, the same you know uh, the same. Uh, Standings or whatever, like the same. Uh, they would be, they wouldn't be in the same place. So I think it's uh, you. You definitely have to respect what Jokic is being able to do with a depleted uh, Nuggets team. Yeah. See, and I think although you say that Jokic might win the MVP, and now there are a lot of people siding with Jokic, right? I still think either it's gonna either be Curry or KD, and the reason being is the NBA needs money, right? They need revenue and they need hype, and the most hype is built around, as you said, Curry and KD, right? Like. Jokic is putting up crazy number. If you see his stat line, it's higher than any other player right now. But the problem is, is that you know he's just not that like he his his uh, team is part of a smaller market, right? Whereas like Golden State and uh, the the Nets are part of a bigger market, so they're exposed more to the fans, and a lot of people like that, right? So there's more hype built around that, which kind of pushes one of them to be MVP. I guess, and why wouldn't the NBA make them MVP, right? If you think about it, like they're gonna get extra money. People might buy more jerseys, right? They might like buy other merch that belongs to Curry and KD. So it's a great way to make more revenue. Yeah, I agree with that too. I mean, it's KD and Curry, right? Like, who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I if I were to ask you whose jersey would you buy right now, if I asked you Curry versus like Jokic, which one would you buy? Uh, it's obviously Curry's, because you know, <laughs> who wouldn't? Yeah. It's the marketability of uh, Curry and how he is, how Curry and KD have reinvented the game, essentially. You know, uh, obviously, Jokic is going to reinvent the game for centers, but we haven't seen it enough. So, uh, right now, it's kind of, uh, it's the attention is more towards uh, KD and Curry. Exactly, yeah. Let's see in the future. I feel like maybe in a, in a few months from now, maybe, I don't know, God forbid, but like, you know, maybe Curry gets injured or KD, as you know, he, he has dealt with some pretty bad injuries in the past. He gets injured. So one of those guys could go down and Jokic could become front runner again. And I've read a lot of articles talking about how Jokic should be the rightful MVP. So I think a lot of people are going to switch their mindset towards Jokic now. So he might win as well too. But I'm still sticking with Curry. I want to discuss about our second and third options for the MVP. Uh, obviously, I have KD and Curry as my second and third. I think this uh, this race is pretty obvious. What about you guys? Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty obvious at the top. You can say, yeah, Ishan, you're right. I went with Curry as my, in my opinion, my MVP for this season so far. Because like, if, not even looking at the numbers, this guy's been insane. He's been insane in that Golden State team. And I like uh, Rishi, what you said, or Sean, one of you two said about how if you take Jokic out the team, it's different. If you take Curry out of the team. That team's different. That team's like out of the 30 teams, maybe he's down 20, 30, like the bottom 10. Even though, especially since like Clay's injured and whatever. Exactly. Like, even though the Warriors have a lot of assets, right? They got like Draymond, who's a great mentor on and off the court. The problem is, is that Curry kind of like encourages the team, right? 
Right? If people see Curry, like their team sees Curry scoring like 30 points a night, their team gets hyped up. They, they want to perform better. They want to help Curry out. Whereas for Jokic, he doesn't have any like uh, A-level players, right? Like literally their team is full of people that have been called up from the G League right now with like a lot of people in the uh, the health and safety protocols plus uh, Jamal, is, Jamal Murray is out right now. So, yeah. So I feel like Curry there has that leverage right now. Move on to Rookie of the Year. Uh, for my top three, I got to go uh, first, Evan Mobley, uh, second, Scotty Barnes, and uh, third, Cade. And although I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, I still got to take Evan Mobley over Scotty just because of how the Cavs are performing right now in contrast to the Raptors. I think uh, Scotty and Mobley's values, uh, like the value that they provide to the team is uh, pretty much the same. But I think just because the Cavs are performing better, uh, the award will be given to Evan Mobley. Yeah, for sure. I was actually really surprised how Evan Mobley turned out on the Cavs, right? Like, if you if you saw in the start, like, when the Cavs drafted Evan Mobley, everyone's joking about how, like, they got so many seven-feet-tall players on their team, right? They got, like, Taco Fall, if you, I think, made his first debut start uh, yesterday or day for yesterday. And then they got Jared Allen. They got a few other players that are almost seven feet as well, too. So they, they, they got a lot of tall centers on their team. And adding Evan Mobley into the mix, that just didn't make sense to me. But I see how Evan Mobley has shaped himself. He's You can tell he's a phenomenal player, right? Because, like, not only has he been able to adjust his game alongside his fellow teammate and center, uh, Jared Allen, he can also, like, do other things. Like, he we, we are able to see his playmaking abilities, right? Like, his passing skills and all of that. And to be honest, if you're a center that, that's ranked so highly, no one expects you to share the ball as much. They expect you to be the star of the, of the team or uh, be a star alongside someone else, right? But if you have two centers that are going to fight for the starting position, that's where it gets a bit rough. Like, you're confused how it's going to work out. But it's actually worked out pretty well, right? Like, uh, they both are running the, the forward position and the center position right now. So I definitely would put Mobley at the top right now. And just like you, how you said for Scotty Barnes, Yes, Scotty Barnes has been solid. Like, you know, he's been able to help our team out. He made a sudden impact. Like, he, uh, we started winning more games than last year, right? Like, he's made a pretty big impact on our team. And he's scoring, like, what? I think 18 points a night, averaging 18 points a night. That's pretty good, right? For, yeah. like, a, a starter. Yeah, that's very so. good. Uh, rookie. And his offense is much better than we expected. A lot of people went to the draft looking at him, looking at him like a tall, like a, Ben Simmons, who just like a like a a, paste, a copy and paste Ben Simmons, which he isn't. Uh, he can actually hit threes. So, uh, yeah, that's it's it's uh, it's good news for Raptors fans. Yeah, for sure, yeah. definitely. He he proved a lot of people wrong for sure. Yeah, like I don't know if you guys are like new. I don't know if you remember, but like you know how we were talking about how like he's a more defensive player than anything. Like he plays more defense, right? And he doesn't have yeah, I remember that. that many like like shot creating abilities and stuff. But like as you can see, he's he's pretty confident with his three uh three point skills, right? And I don't know if that's just how the Raptors development team has shaped him into, or if he's just like a person that tries to build on upon his confidence, right? But I think either way, if, if it was the Raptors or if it was uh Scotty Barnes himself, it's worked out great for every team, right? Like he's improved his efficiency for scoring and he's good uh, on the defense side. Yeah, he's also playing 36 minutes, which is like top 10 for uh, most minutes, almost uh, like average minutes in a game. So it, it, it shows that the Raptors are just focused on developing their young guys. Yeah, and honestly, I, I'm, I wouldn't even be a, a surprised like if he dropped down in the rankings right now because 
might as well tank and get another player alongside Scotty Barnes or what, what I would say, I know, I know we're going off topic here, but like what I was, I was saying is trade Pascal uh, Siakam, right? I know, I know Masai is not going to do that, but trade Siakam and flip him for someone else, flip him for a center or possibly a better power forward, right? Like, you know, we got Miles Turner on the board right now. Uh, also, Sabonis on the board, right? Maybe flip them. Yeah. And get the, one of those guys to work alongside, uh, you know, Scotty Barnes and then, have since Scotty plays power forward, right? Or small forward. Yeah, we also uh we also got Cade and uh who's also who's been phenomenal for the defense distance. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think I think just the value and other that um Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley brings uh just put them over over Cade. But the less uh this year's draft class is very stacked, so I so we could we could expect another player like Franz Wagner to make the top three at some point. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Franz Wagner's doing. I was expecting Chris Duarte to be top top you know, three, but he dropped down the rankings a lot, right? Like, uh, like since Duarte so experienced and like he was doing great for the Pacers early on uh, in the start of the season, and then I don't know, he just randomly dropped off. So I was also expecting Davion Mitchell to do well. Like, if you've seen his summer uh, summer league, even though he was quiet, played a lot of good defense in the summer league, right? I was like, this guy's going to be top three in, in uh, rookie standings this year, but I guess not, right? So I guess Franz Wagner might be the top three for me. Cade, the only reason I wouldn't put him top three is because, like, he came off an injury in the start, and I know that his team sucks, but he still has, like, Jeremy Grant in them, right? Like, he should be yeah. he should be able to win some some easy games, but he, they're, they're losing against, like, teams that don't even have players on right now. So... Uh, I don't know how I feel about Kate and his impact. Yeah, no. So I feel like you guys are definitely on um, on the right track when it when it comes to these predictions. Um, I too personally, I would have put Scotty Barnes as number one, because um, regardless of the team or not, and we've had this discussion in the past before, um, with many NBA teams in the past, we've said that you know just because you know the team isn't performing well doesn't mean that you know the players um deserve to be uh deserve to be put down i think we, we were discussing this in our our third or fourth podcast we recorded back in the summer but yeah personally i think scotty barnes has been a huge um huge asset to the team and um i feel like personally uh he's he's been improving more and at a, at a rapid speed I agree with you guys, with uh, Rishi and Ishan, how you said about Mobley. I think between Mobley and Scotty Barnes, it's very close. But if one of them had like a dip in form, then I mean, then the other is going to run, run away with it. But I'm also kind of disappointed with Jalen Green because he's, I, I would have expected a lot more from him, especially since, like before the draft as well, like, during the NBA draft. Yeah, because like last year, he, instead of going the normal route through college and stuff, right? He went straight to the G League, right? The, the G League, or I think that's what they call it. No, actually, I, I'm not sure. They call it something. It's, it's like a G League meant for rookie players who doesn't want to enter the draft through a different fate, right? So there's three ways to enter the draft for those of you that don't know. You can either play college, you can either play overseas like the Mellow Ball did, or you can either just go into the G League and play one season there, right? And just enter the draft. So he's, he's putting up phenomenal numbers, right? Once again, like the other players. So I expected him to 
show off this year as well too but I guess his teams are so stacked uh, like surprisingly I don't know does this come from my mouth but like they got like Christian Wood right now and they got so many good players that maybe he's not getting enough attention or enough you know playing time or well in his hands enough right so I guess uh, our next award we're going to review is six man of the year um, I think uh, I think the bar that Lou Williams has set um, these past couple of years uh, has been very high and it's kind of it's kind of um, you know raised our standards to what a good six man is uh, but keeping that in mind I think the my top three will definitely be um, Tyler hero uh, I think uh, Tyler hero Alex Caruso and um, Alec Burks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. But one person I would add, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure if he's still in the six month of the year conversations anymore. But Jordan Poole, like I think Poole has improved a lot from uh, from last year, uh, and I definitely could see him, you know, up there alongside the other players. And you know, I feel like Alex Caruso. Caruso, I can't even say that. Like he's played good, but I feel like. He's started a bit more right now because, you know, a lot of their players are out. So I don't really know if he's sixth man per se. But, yeah. Yes, my requirements are you have to play at least half the season as a sixth man. So once the season ends, I think we'll be able to figure out who, who qualifies. Yeah, as for sure. Man. For sure, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Because there, there haven't been enough games played right now, right? There's like 50-50, I think, for him. I'm not, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure he started up in a lot of games right now too because uh, Zach Levine's out right now, right? With yeah. health and safety protocols, uh, I'm not sure if Lonzo and them are out, but I think Lonzo's still there. Um, yeah, Lonzo. Demar came back uh, just last week or two weeks ago, and yeah, so there's been a lot of mishaps on their team right now. So he's he's starting more often than other players, but also Schroeder's doing pretty good as well too. Like from what I've noticed, Schroeder is you know going crazy. He's going off on the Celtics team, and although he doesn't fit in that well with their team. And their playing style, because you know, Jason Tatum, even though as as much as I hate saying that, he he just you know, well, oh yeah, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, he's he's a ball hog. Like he really hogs the ball, right? Same thing with, uh, what's his, what's the other Jaylen player? Brown. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Yeah, like I, I don't know if you saw that interview where Marcus Smart said that he doesn't get the ball enough. So that's a real problem on your team, right? So, like. I think that's why, but still, Dennis Schroeder is doing good. Yeah. Neil, Adi? Yeah, yeah. So, as for, like, what you guys were saying, those are some very good, like, analogies of these players. But let's just take a second to just look at Tyler Harrow. Because he's he's a player that, as soon as he came onto the, as, sorry, as soon as he burst onto the scene in the NBA, he was a phenomenon. He was really good, consistent. He helped lead the Heat to the final, even though they, they lost, I think they lost in five to the Lakers. And after that, he wasn't consistent. He, I think he got injured and didn't play as much as he used to. And it's almost like a fairy tale where he just came back all of a sudden and now he's starting to perform. So I feel like that's why, in my opinion, I feel like he deserves to be first for the six-man one. Ubre, he has been doing very well on the Hornets. Um, he has played very good from the bench. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, you know, whenever they need to close out their games and stuff, he's always been there for them. And he's averaging a decent amount of points, right? Like, he's not doing the best, but he's not doing the worst either. 
But like, yeah. I mean, he kind of looking pretty good though. You know, can't lie. For sure, for sure, he's the he's. I think he's the sexiest uh, NBA player right now. Am I right? All the girls have a crush on him. But yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, joke, I joke, uh, jokes aside, uh, Kelly Oubre has managed to pick up the offense uh, because I'm pretty sure like Hornets have seven players there. Uh, that are part of the health and uh, safety protocols. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's been able to pick up uh, some of the offense at most times. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. Because like, you know, all the there's so many players out on their team right now. But like, the thing is, is that on on the on the Warriors, I, I feel like he didn't fit in. Like, you know, how Jordan Poole somehow made a spot for himself. He was sort of like Jordan Poole, except he wasn't strong enough to like make a spot for himself, right? Like, you know when you're in, in a in a circle with your friends and then there's that one friend left out of that circle. Some some friends might like make way for themselves and like join the circle. Some of them too shy to like break open the circle and get in. They might just walk away, right? That's what uh Ubre's done. He just walked away from that team because he couldn't find a spot there, right? As the type of player he was. So it's I guess it's worked out for him off the bench and it's worked out for the Warriors as well too. They've been able to develop other players, right? So, yeah. So, Ishan, what other awards do we have on the table? Uh, and now we're moving on to Depoy, a defensive player of the year. And I think uh, the, my uh, my top three is uh, Draymond Green first, uh, obviously Rudy Gobert second, and uh, Miles Turner third. Uh, Draymond Green, uh, these past couple of years, has been severely underrated. Um, the defense yeah. brings to uh to the uh to Golden State Warriors is uh is not recognized by most uh, fans uh, uh most fans of the league and I think it should be uh it should and it should be put on a it should be put on a different uh scale because he is so impactful and uh he's one of the biggest reasons aside from Curry obviously that the Warriors are twenty six and six right now. Yeah, no, you're you're right. You're right. See, the the, uh, the problem is is that, yeah, I mean, like he's he's helped their team and he's a great leader, but like I'm not sure if he really deserves that first place award right now. Like he's playing good. I think Rudy Gobert, considering how how their team's doing, right? Like he's sort of carrying the team this year. I haven't really seen Donovan Mitchell in the limelight as much. So maybe it's just that they're not showing, since you know like the Jazz aren't that big of a team. Maybe they aren't showing their highlights as much or showing Donovan Mitchell highlights, right? I guess I repeated myself. Yeah. But still, I feel like Gobert's done more for the team than Green has. Yeah. Um, I feel like Turner should have been first, though. But obviously, because of his injuries and, you know, his, yeah, obviously he, he couldn't. But I feel like he should have been first. No, no, you're right. You're right. I feel like Turner, because like I think his average before he got in, like before he got injured, he was averaging like four blocks, right? Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. Or, or or is that is that too high? I'm, I'm probably just throwing out a number. Let me let me see. But I think he was averaging around four blocks. Turner, um, blocks average. See this. Loki curious to know. Oh, okay. No, he was averaging two point three blocks. That, that's still pretty good. Like two blocks per game. It's is, very elite is, numbers. It's very elite yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's elite numbers and. Definitely, like his his price is definitely going up when they try to trade for him, since he's getting older now too. But yeah, I think Turner should have been first. Just if he didn't get injured, he could have been up there. D, what do you think? Okay, so guys, I'm I'm in a bit of a dilemma right now. 
because with these awards, there's always a few different perspectives you can look at it. Like this could be for any sport. How most people, like how I think you guys tend to look at it, is the player itself, right? It's it's a player's award. This is what um defensive player of the year. So it's obviously it's going to be about the player. But how I'm thinking of it, and what you also need to consider is how the team's doing. So Draymond Green, for example, uh, Rishi said he went to, I think the uh, Warriors are insane right now. I think we saw with Curry as well. Like, they, he's absolutely insane. And Draymond's played a big part in that. Except if you if you look at someone else like um, Rudy Gobert for, uh, what was it, the, what team, like Jazz? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, then he's, he's, he's playing good for a team that's not maybe doing as well as they should. So it's just multiple different angles you can look at it. And straight away, I thought, okay, Draymond, it has to be Draymond Green. He's just very consistent. His team is one of the best teams right now. has to be him. But then if you look in, in hindsight, there's other players that are doing the, – that, that have way more, like, value to a team. Like, if, if I were to take Draymond out, okay, that's horrible. But you still have Curry up top getting you, like, points, 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 points. But if you take Gobert out, then – yeah, it's just very, very difficult to look. But I'd say Draymond, maybe Dr- Draymond deserves to get that. For sure. Well, this close, this uh, this uh, race is uh, very close actually, because uh, you know, uh, all most of most of the big men in the NBA have been performing very well defensively. Uh, if you look at Rudy Gobert, he's like grabbing every single defensive rebound there is. You know, Draymond Green's providing that all-around defense and Miles Turner's blocking all those shots. So it's really, it's it's a toss between those three, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like defensive player is still, like, up in the air right now. Let's see as, as time goes on, because, you know, they're big men, right? They're, something's bound to happen, whether it may be they improve their fish, efficiency or, uh, God forbid, an injury happens to them, right? So those things can drastically change the outcome of this award. Out of all the words, this is probably the biggest award that can that can drastically change. One player can be at the top, one minute, and then something happens to the big man, and someone else takes the position. Okay, so our next award is uh, most improved uh, player, and my top three is Dejounte Murray as number one, uh, Miles Bridges, and uh, Darius Garland. Uh, Dejounte Murray, what can I say? He's become a triple double machine or double double machine at least, and. Uh, I think the Spurs losing DeMar has, is the best thing that has happened to them in these recent years because it's allowed, uh, it has allowed uh, DeJounte Murray to uh, grow exponentially. Uh, obviously, Miles Bridges is playing an all-star level compared to uh, his previous season. And he's uh, definitely stepping, uh, up, uh, stepping up to the plate while the other uh, players are, uh, are gone with the uh, health and uh, safety protocols. And Darius Garland, I mean, he has proven to be one of the best point guards from the 2019 draft. Excellent job, of course. But uh, yeah, those are my three. Okay, so to start off with mine, um, my three. Okay, I, I really like Pool. I don't know why Pool is amazing. He's been playing crazy. He's been putting up crazy numbers this year, right? So he's definitely most improved in my in my in, in my list. And then I have Hero. If you guys remember Hero first year, the, I think the bubble season was his first year, I believe. He popped off, right? Like, he went crazy. Second year, he he dropped significantly, right? No one even heard about him. And, like, 
everyone was like making fun of him for being so bad, but he promised that he'd make a comeback. And this year he's made that comeback, right? And he rightfully deserves to win this award. And the third one, I would say is OG. OG's improved as well too. He might have not improved as much as the other players have, but he's silently making a great impact on our team, right? When he's on the court, we can see that we start winning more games, right? Our, uh, our percentage goes from like a 0.5 uh, difference when win to loss ratio to like higher than 0.5. Like we start winning more games and losing, right? With OG on our team. But yeah. And then uh, honorable mention, I would say is, uh, yeah, now I forgot his name. Damn. Uh, who's that guy on the Wizards right now? Uh, uh, who's one? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, he's he's been he's improved a lot too, right? Like he was on the Lakers last year and he did horrible on the Lakers, right? Like not even last year for the past two three years after his first season, he did pretty bad on the Lakers. And Le, LeBron finally, you know, uh, the GM traded him. And he's made a name for himself with the Wizards, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's a lot of different options you can choose for this award. And another player that I felt like is going under the radar right now is John Moran. Because he's also another player that a few years ago, like Tyler Harrell, was very good. Highly regard- like regarded as one of the great, better young players and one of the players that's gonna that are gonna develop to be like the the face of the NBA, but like last season he wasn't wasn't really wasn't really up to his best if I could say had some injuries wasn't consistent yeah and this season he's really doing like he's really improving from what he was before and for that reason yeah I I go for John Moran he's been doing balling. good so yeah he's been balling but um you know what. Why not? Yeah, we, we could we could definitely give it to him because you know you never know you never know. Uh, so I think um I think that's it for the most improved. Uh, why don't we move on to coach of the year? Uh, I definitely think that uh Steve Kerr should be uh number one, uh followed along by uh Monty Williams who is the head coach for the Suns at number two and uh JB Bickerstaff the head coach of the Cavs at three. Uh, the reason why I say uh, Kerr is because he's been able to make, you know, not a bad, not a bad Warriors team, but, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely much different from what we've seen uh, from 2016, 2017. And he's able to make us, he's able to make such a, you know, such a not as good of a team, uh, very, very, um, very elite because of uh, how they play around Steph Curry. And in my opinion, this year is one of the, uh, it's one of the few. It's one of the best teams that have been built around uh, Steph Curry. I think just the players and what they do on the defensive, uh, defensive side and the playmaking side have allowed uh, Steph Curry to grow, uh, to grow so much as a player, even though he's only thirty-two or thirty-three. Uh, I have Monty Williams as second. I think I think he should also be. He should. He's also very deserving to be in the conversation. Because right now the Suns are on a 20-game win streak, I believe. And uh, even they've managed to win games without Devin Booker uh, because he was out because of his uh, hamstring injury. And last but not least, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff because uh, the Cavs have just made a great comeback and uh, he's been able to utilize uh, Darius Garland and uh, Jared Allen effectively, uh, allowing, them to, uh, allowing them to be the go-to offense and uh, helping them win games. See, you guys? see, I, I would like to agree with you on the last one, but the first two, I completely disagree with you. 
I feel like you're just I'm I'm not gonna be rude to you, man, but I think you're just bandwagoning off off the, the teams, right? And th- this is where this is the reason why. Listen, listen, listen. I know you're probably gonna be mad at at that that statement, but like, let's be honest. The Warriors are just getting good again because you know Curry's performing well again. Draymond's uh being a great leader for the team, and the Suns, the Suns just they just have a solid core. They got a good center. They got uh, Devin Booker. They got Chris Paul, who's actually performing this year. And yeah, these got a good teams. So I think those those teams are relying heavily upon their roster. Whereas Cavs, okay, Cavs roster is pretty stacked, but their coach is making some good plays. And I think the the dark horse in this race would also be the Nuggets head coach, right? I'm not sure what his name is because I don't really follow head coach teams. But see, like I don't know if you saw a play from yesterday, but there's a sick play where Jokic passed the ball across from one end of like not one end of the court, but like the corner of the uh, one corner of where you can, you can shoot a three point uh, onto the other side where he allowed, he assisted so that his uh, one of his players, like teammates could score. Right. And there, that play, if I, I tried analyzing it and I broke it down and I saw that even though people were like, you know, uh, they're like, wow, great play by Jokic. Right. The one thing not many people notice is the screen. One of his uh, Jokic's other teammates set up for him. Right. So that he could make that pass efficiently and, you know, on the spot. So all those plays, I'm pretty sure Jokic might have created them, or I'm, I'm pretty sure the head coach has done all of this, right? Those tactics seem pretty cool. So that's why I feel like they should also be in talks, although they're not going to win because of their – he's not going to win because of the hype that's built around Nuggets once again. And their win-to-loss ratio is not the best, but yeah. Sean, you want to rebuttal, maybe try to defend your side? <laughs> I know you're probably uh, excited. Yeah, yeah no. It's a uh, heated debate right here. For sure, yeah, man. I- it's going to be a pretty tough debate. Yeah. Uh, so Mike Malone's uh, Mike Malone's been great, no doubt about that. But I think I think when we look at uh, you know, obviously you know, there's a lot of bandwagons for the Warriors and Suns. But when you look at the Warriors uh, compared to their team in 2017, 2018 with the Big Four, uh, you know, uh, it was more focused around you know utilizing KD and Curry and making sure that the Big Four the Big Four is able to play with each other without their egos getting in the way. And sure, you know, the team did that, but when we look at the Warriors right now, obviously it's not as stacked as uh, as it was before in 2016, 2017. But the main reason why the Warriors have been so effective and uh, and are on pace to uh, probably break another record if, if things go well is because of how the team is built around Curry. You know, obviously we have Gary Payton uh, the second who has been who's been very stellar actually. You know, playing defense and providing that playmaking on. While uh, Curry focuses on the offense, you, know, you obviously have Draymond Green, who's the good leader that you mentioned before. And um, when you look at how Steve Curry utilizes those pieces, you know it's kind of you can kind of see that he's uh, able to play towards Curry's strengths and hide his weaknesses, which is on the defensive end. And you know uh, he can and Curry sometimes gets uh, you know gets bodied by some bigger players. So you can see how Steve Curry kind of utilizes those other players to help Curry succeed and which uh, ultimately leads to the Warriors winning games. And mm-hmm. second for uh, Monty Williams, uh, the Phoenix Suns, they've just been great. I mean, like, you can't deny that. And you, it's it's no fluke to go on a 20-game winning streak when your best player has a hamstring injury. You know, Chris Paul, obviously, he's a great player and I respect him, but when you look at the roster without Devin Booker and, you know, a somewhat injured DeAndre Ayton who can, who tends to be pretty inconsistent, uh, you can, you can tell that 
you know, it obviously takes more than uh, good players to uh, help the Suns win. And that's what Monty Williams has done. He's able to, you know, utilize Chris Paul and use his knowledge to help um, players, uh, to help players uh, win the games that are, that are necessary. So I definitely believe that uh, those two should be, uh, should be recognized for the uh, level of intelligence they have and how they've managed to, you know, make their teams uh, much more successful, even though some of their players are missing or they don't have exactly the best roster. Yeah, I, I, I guess I agree with you on, on that end, yeah. But see, I've, to be honest, I've never really seen coaches as uh, important asset to a team. I don't know why. I just, I've just never seen that. Other than making up plays, I never seen their importance on a team. But, you know, after you told me about the Steph Curry and all that, I, 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 I kind of understand it, right? They help their players develop into being the best versions of themselves. But still, I don't know. I'm still on the edge of it. It's like teams. when you look at Greg Popovich and the reinvention that he has done, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he has reinvented the coaching position, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at Nick Nurse and the development of Scotty Barnes, Nick Nurse has played a very big role in that. And you can tell because, you know, he's he's trying to uh, let Scotty run the plays and you'll get that exposure as an offensive player. So coaches definitely do provide uh, more than what meets the eyes of the uh, fans. So mm-hmm. they are truly underrated. Yeah, I guess they should be appreciated. Every, everyone should be appreciated. Even the fans, man. They should make a fan of the year award, to be honest. One for the Raptors. I know. Imagine. That would be that would be pretty sick. But, yeah, Neil and Addy, whose side are you guys on? Ishan's or my side? Like, which which team? Like, which teams do you guys think the Warriors should go to? So, I said the Nuggets and the Cavs. And Ishan said the Warriors, the Suns, and the Cavs. So, which side do you guys want to lead me towards? I would say I, I agree more with Ishan because, like, okay, Warriors, Warriors have been playing. It's not like they've been playing good. They've been playing. They're in amazing form right now. And Steve Kerr, like, he's done something that I've seen many coaches from multiple sports do that they fail. And that is after a dynasty, a lot of teams tend to drop off significantly. Like, if we take a look, we can uh, look at Miami. After the big, after what they, their big, their trio left, start to fall apart, whatever. Didn't, didn't win a chip ever since that. Lakers as well, after when Kobe started to dip down a bit before his retiring season, like a few, few years back, uh, before he was retiring. And what I was, I thought it was going to be Golden State were going to be in a similar situation because the first, first time they were, they, they were underperforming, I thought, okay, they're tanking. Next season, they do the same. And it's, it, 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 they were playing very badly. And many people were calling for Steve Kerr to go, saying that the Warriors needed fresh air, like a breath of fresh air. They needed someone else to, someone else at the helm to lead the team. And I think Steve Kerr is almost like, he's almost revived the team back to their selves back in 2016, 17, 15, around there, when they're at their peak. So, yeah, that's why yeah. I, I believe that, yeah, Steve Kerr should have yeah, the award. For sure, I agree. And Neil, do you have any anything to close off your discussion? Um, I'm up to go with Rashid with this one, cause like Rashid said earlier, um, I feel like those are just the main go-to teams for everyone, cause if you think about it, those teams they were never like, you know, nothing was ever wrong with them. Like every every team has that has those you know years where they're down and they they pick back up. Obviously, it's looking a little bit different for the Raptors, right? But when you think about it in terms of the Golden State Warriors, they've always been 
a really good team. So I'm going to have to go through sheet on this one and uh, side away from the Golden State Warriors. And I think, uh, Ishan, do you have any more words left? Because I think we're, uh, we're way past the 30-minute mark at this point. Uh, yeah, so those are the awards. I think we had a great discussion, in fact, uh, especially after a very long time. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, closing statements, anyone, uh, before we uh, move on? Mm, no, I think that wraps up everything. Ishan, I guess you want to close it off? Yeah, uh, so thank you guys uh, for listening to After the Buzzer. Uh, we hope that you guys have a great uh, Christmas and a new year. Uh, as we are about to uh, kick off the 2022 uh, year. And also we'd like you guys to uh, send us some uh, questions that you would want us to answer. Uh, it, can be, it can be related to any sports and uh, we'll try our best to uh, answer them. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next time.